Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Mm, Bonjour. I am so grateful to join with you today. Truly, I am. I always feel blessed by this connection. Feels like a conversation to me. You, me, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. (laughs) We are all holy. We're as holy as holy can be. So let's place our hand on our heart and give thanks. We're giving thanks for the infinite love, the pure intelligence the higher Holy Spirit self that is our true nature and our true identity. We are grateful and thankful to give ourselves over to our true identity, perfect love. Taking these breaths of love and gratitude in partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self, hand on our heart, we declare our willingness to give up all belief in lack. There is no lack. We're breaking the habit of lack. We are grateful and thankful to let it go. We have experimented long enough with lack and limitation, and we are complete, and we are giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. All belief in lack on behalf of all humanity. Since all minds are joined, we are calling for the end of lack. We're willing to give up habitual thinking in terms of lack. And we are truly grateful and truly thankful to open ourselves to an unprecedented flow of love and healing now and forever. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. Coming to you from Vermont. Spring is finally here. The windows are open. And the birds are so happy building their nests, raising their chicks. I can tell you that I um, found a nest of some robins. Very cute little baby robins. And um, the other morning I opened the garage and there were two birds in there. They had come in the day before when I had the garage door open and I'm sure they thought, oh, this is a great place to make a nest. And they were freaking out when I came out there in the morning and I let them out. And oh my gosh, I felt bad for them. Yes, lack of escape, which is the perfect segue into chapter 1, section 4 of the text, Escape from Darkness. Escape from Darkness. This is where we're beginning here. Paragraph 1. The escape from darkness involves two stages. First, the recognition that darkness cannot hide. Darkness cannot hide. Just think about that, right? You can hide the light, right? You can hide the light. You can put your light under a bushel, right? You can hide the light, but darkness cannot hide. This step usually entails fear. So the escape from darkness involves two stages, First is the recognition that darkness cannot hide. This step usually entails fear. We fear that we are going to be exposed, that our belief in darkness will be exposed. Our belief that we are the darkness will be exposed, and people will be able to see it. God can see it. We're trying to hide the darkness, but it's not possible. Second stage in the escape from darkness, is the recognition that there is nothing you want to hide, even if you could. Let's bring it all to the light. 
This step brings escape from fear, right? The recognition that there's nothing to hide. And I can honestly say in my spiritual practice of living my life in a spiritual way, truly living A Course in Miracles, I've found that when I I sense that tightening up, someone's going to see my darkness, right? Because I used to have a lot of that. Oh, my God. Imagine, if you will, being a science of mind practitioner, studying for years, getting your license, but you're still harboring attack thoughts and resentments and guilt and blame and shame and regret and hurt and all that, that toxic stew of emotion, hiding it. Don't want anybody to know. I'm hiding my self-medication, right? Lots and lots of self-medication, hiding it, self-medicating alone, isolating in order to self-medicate alone because it's not spiritual to self-medicate, to sit and drink alone at night, watching television and, you know, overeating, doing different things, binging, 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 binging on exercise, binging on work, binging on anything to escape how I felt. Did not want anybody to know about that fear. And then I realized, you know what? If I can bring it to the light and stop hiding it, I will feel so much better. And this is one of the cores in my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. This is one of the cores in our Masterful Living community. We are bringing it to the light together. So we're remembering to laugh when we have uh, episodes where we fall back into old patterns. We can bring it to the light by sharing it with our community, with our prayer partners, and not we don't have to share it in a way that is um, complaining and uh, feeling ashamed. We can just say, "Here's what happened," you know, just the facts, ma'am. Right. So and it's so healing. People recognize right away they lose a thousand pounds of shame. And that is deeply transformative. So you can do this in your family, in your community, if you're willing. It's a very deep practice. And what makes it possible for us in the Power of Love community to be able to do this is that we are committed to not judging each other and not judging ourselves. We're committed to relinquishing these judgments to the healing provided by the Holy Spirit, by the higher self. And so that's what makes it so powerful. I invite you, if you haven't been to one of our Sundays with Spirit services, Come on down. It's totally free. You do have to register, of course. And uh, this weekend, we have two rock stars joining me, um, among others. So we've got folks in the ministry praying and sharing. And then this week, the messages from David Fishman, also known as Dove Fishman, who's a Course Miracles hero of mine. Tremendous, tremendous teacher. Always look forward to listening to Dove. I I have nothing to say when he's in the room. And then we have another rock star teacher who is also one of my favorite musicians, and she is providing the music. So this is going to be awesome. Come along. And if you miss any of the services, you can all watch them. You can watch them all for free, of course, on replay. And I do a healing prayer experience, and we have breakouts. You can go into the breakouts and share, bringing things to the light in a safe space. So that's that's the thing to do. All right, so here, back to the escape from darkness. When you've become willing to hide nothing, you will not only be willing to enter into communion but will also understand peace and joy. And I have found this to be true. I highly recommend it. It's the willingness to hide nothing. For me, I started to realize, okay, I'd like to live my life as though everybody is watching everything I do all of the time. All of the time. 
without exception. And that aspiration has really helped me. So my precious niece and nephews, that they would be watching, every person in my class, always watching. Obviously, you know, not thinking anybody's watching me when I'm bathing and doing private things, but that they would be watching my thoughts. My thoughts are loving and kind. And so when I notice that they're not, I can change my mind. I can go the other way. And I love that. I really, really do. Mm, Taking a breath. So next paragraph here. Holiness can never be really hidden in darkness, but how can you hide the light in the darkness? She don't make it a sense, right? doesn't make any sense. But you can deceive yourself about it, right? You can pretend, you can make believe that you can hide your light in the darkness. This deception makes you fearful because you realize in your heart it is a deception and you exert enormous efforts to establish its reality. What Jesus is telling us here is that we're trying to hide our holiness underneath our belief in sin. And it takes tremendous effort. Don't we all know that? The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Reality belongs only to spirit. And the miracle acknowledges only truth. Right. So a miracle is when we turn over our mind's attraction to the ego thought system and we choose instead the thought system of holiness, of God, of the Holy Spirit. That's the miracle. When we think the thoughts, we think with God. When we think thoughts that are true, when we willingly give up our attraction to the false That's the miracle that opens our awareness to allow experiences in form to change in a miraculous way, right? So it happens at the level of the mind, and then it happens in the level of form. Remember, the level of form is thought as well as things you can experience in the world. Thought is also part of the world of form, right? And Jesus talks about this in the next chapter. All right. The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Reality belongs only to spirit, and the miracle acknowledges only truth. Miracles come from aligning with truth. Right. This is why I love that statement. I put it out on Facebook a few times a month. Let truth be revealed and love prevail. May truth be revealed and love prevail. Let truth be revealed and love prevail. It's a very, just take that as a mantra. Use it for a while. You're going to feel so good. It's wonderful. Right. Reality belongs only to spirit, and the miracle acknowledges only truth. It thus dispels illusions about yourself and puts you in communion with yourself and God. Right? That's what truth does, dispels illusions about yourself. The miracle joins in the atonement, the acceptance that there is no separation, by placing the mind in service of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right? We want to work for God incorporated in service to the Holy Spirit. That's our heart's desire. That's our goal. That's our aspiration. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its errors, which are merely lacks of love. Your mind can be possessed by illusions, but spirit is eternally free. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within. But the atonement restores spirit to its proper place. The mind that serves spirit is invulnerable. There we go again. 
The mind that serves spirit is invulnerable. And so right here, I'm just going, this is, I was guided to this this morning. It kind of surprised me, but I'm going to just share about this for a couple of minutes. Uh, So perhaps like you, I've known quite a few people that have had this coronavirus and they were tested. They know they had it. Um, I do not know anyone who personally who passed away from the virus. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, 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 quite a few good friends of mine have, have had this COVID-19 experience. About a week ago, a friend of mine had all the classic symptoms, right? And one of the classic symptoms is uh, feeling that fever, and often when you have a high fever, 102 and above, you have aches and pains, right? So uh, definitely had intense aches and pains, labored breathing, coughing. So I remember seeing uh, five, six weeks ago, there was a video that Chris Cuomo, who is an anchor on CNN, I'm, I'm not that familiar with his work, I don't watch CNN, but um, he put out a video on CNN that you can watch on YouTube. It came out on April 6th, and it's entitled, Chris Cuomo Opens Up About COVID-19 Fight. Right? Chris Cuomo Opens Up About COVID-19 Fight. And it came out on the CNN YouTube channel April 6th. It is under five minutes, and what he talks about is his experience, uh, his battle is how he really frames it, with this virus. And one of the things he talks about is that you're in pain, you're so uncomfortable, the temptation is to lay down, and he says, don't do it, because then the virus will actually consume you. And you know, the ego is like that, right? It, it seems like a virus. It's not. but Because it, it's just a thought system. It has no volition. But like any inanimate thing that is sticky, think of it like flypaper, right? If you get some flypaper stuck on you, which sounds disgusting... Um, If you lie down on it, it's going to be even more stuck on you, right? Now, you can still get it off. You don't have to um, acquiesce to that. You don't have to allow it to uh, be the boss because it's inanimate. But people forget that about the ego thought system. And for me, one of the things that I experienced for many years was when I would fall into the self-sabotage and the playing small, the living in lack and limitation, lack thinking, because I thought I lacked help from the Holy Spirit, because I thought I lacked the goodness to align with Spirit, because I had all this belief in lack. I would succumb. I would hand my consciousness over and believe all these ego thoughts, invest my awareness in them. It made them seem so real. I would start gathering evidence to prove these ego thoughts were true for me. Right? And so my sense of lack would continue to increase and increase and increase. And to the point where I would be on this precipice where I could see I could go the other way, but the attraction of the darkness, which is exactly what Jesus is talking about here, was so strong to me. I had more belief in the darkness than in the light. I had more belief in the darkness being true for me, being my identity, than my holiness. 
I would be on this precipice where I could go either way. And I didn't know the path of what to do, how to do it, to choose the holiness way. That was so foreign to me that I would choose the way I knew, which was the way of the darkness. And so I would have this thought in that choice point. I literally had this thought over and over and over again for years. And in that moment of, I could say, succumbing to the darkness, but I think it's really better for me to say choosing the darkness, I would think, tell them I tried. Please tell them I tried. And I would literally imagine my tombstone and on it the words written there, she tried, she really tried, but she just couldn't do it. And rather than now looking at it, rather than saying she just couldn't do it, it was really she, she just wouldn't choose it. I just kept playing small. I was afraid of my light. I was. I was deeply afraid of it because I was so convinced that lack was real. So what Jesus is telling us here is there's a belief in lack of love, but there is no lack of love. In paragraph three here, he says, darkness is lack of light as sin is lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the scarcity belief from which only error can proceed. Truth is always abundant. It's unlimited. It's ever-present, omnipresent, omniactive. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no needs of any kind. The purpose of the atonement is to restore everything to you, or rather, to restore it to your awareness. You were given everything when you were created, just as everyone was. The emptiness engendered by fear must be replaced by forgiveness. This is what the Bible means by there is no death and why I could demonstrate that death does not exist. We were talking about there is no death in the Sunday service with Karen J. Gardner uh, this past Sunday. I'm trying to think what that date was, May 24th. It was excellent, so excellent. I encourage you, if you have a fear of death, to check that out. So there is no lack, but there's scarcity belief. And this is what we can heal. Uh, A a bit later here in uh, section 6, still chapter 1, the illusion of needs. Jesus starts off with, You want peace. You who want peace can find it only by complete forgiveness. Again, it comes back to forgiveness. This is why in the Power of Love community, we have active practices of forgiveness. And we have forgiveness meetings. And we have, oh my gosh, we have so much forgiveness. Because people don't really understand forgiveness. They don't really understand how to effectively do forgiveness. And so they say, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. But they don't really mean it. They think they mean it, but they don't. And that's why it just keeps coming back and it's haunting and haunting and haunting. If the past is haunting you and you think you forgave it, you haven't properly forgiven. And you can learn how. You can learn how. It's not, it's not special. Believe me, it is so not special. So, no learning is acquired by anyone unless he wants to learn it and believes in some way that he needs it. While lack does not exist in the creation of God, it is very apparent in what you have made. 
It is, in fact, the essential difference between them. So the difference between the true reality of God and the one we are experiencing in this world is lack. If you feel there's a sense of lack, it's because you're believing in the separation. The the essence of separation is lack, right? So accepting the atonement that there is no separation is the end of lack, right? So we can break the habit of lack through accepting the atonement. And I will speak more of that when I come back. It's time for me to go to a break. One of the things you can do on the break, if you're interested, is sign up for my A Course in Miracles text messages at acimtexts.com. acimtexts.com. And if you're ever looking for a transcript of this broadcast, go to livingacourseofmiracles.com. Livingacourseofmiracles.com. All right. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. And I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love. Walking the talk. Welcome back. I'd like to share one more thing about the Chris Cuomo experience during the virus. And he shared that exercise really made the difference for him that he had. He shared that um, he learned that exercising really helped to keep the, the virus symptoms, I don't know how he described it, from settling in. So I had a friend who had the the classic COVID symptoms, including this, the pain, the fever, the cough. And all she wanted to do was take to her bed and lay there. And um, so I just intuitively, I realized she's laying in the bed. And I remembered the Chris Cuomo video. So I sent it to her. So she messaged me back. We were texting and she messaged me back and said, it's really hard. It hurts. I said, I know, but he thinks he's, he, it saved his life. So, so she just started doing those things that he suggests in that video, in that short video. And um, she immediately started feeling better, getting better. Amazing. And she had a, a test over a week ago, still doesn't have results. So she's, you know, almost 100% now, but she doesn't even know for sure if she had the virus, but it sure does sound like it. I know many people who've had similar kinds of experiences or people who just had a little bit of flu-like symptoms, lost their taste and smell, and then everything came back fine. So People are having lots of different experiences. Another friend of mine was hospitalized for two weeks, and they were about to put him on a ventilator, and he said, can you just give me this one night? And he just deepened in his prayer. I felt it. Uh, I started, like, I got the signal pray very intensely, so I started to pray very, very intensely. I asked others to pray, and um, he did. He was much better in the morning, and they didn't put him on the ventilator, and a few days later he went home. So I'm just sharing these experiences in case they are helpful. Everybody needs to make their own decisions about all of these things. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very intense and and here in the United States where I am now I'm in Vermont you know I can easily go for a walk uh, I I don't need to go to the store a lot or anything like that I can go uh, to a restaurant get takeout if I like which I have to drive into town so it's not something I do lightly. Um, it's uh, uh, same with going to the grocery store. It's not something I do lightly. So, uh, and I'm able to freely move about, and uh, I'm not living with anyone who's uh, going into all kinds of public spaces. So I'm living a 
just living my life like I normally do, but it is very isolated in a lot of ways. And so, um, but I do talk with people on a daily basis who have not been, can only leave their house to get groceries in different countries. Some of the Power of Love ministry staff are in the Philippines. They are not allowed to go anywhere except to get groceries, and they have a pass that's only good for three days a week. And um, not everybody in the household gets a pass, one person. So the rest of the members of the household have to stay home. And if they live in an apartment where they have no yard, they can't even take their dogs out for a walk. It's intense. So, And I, I also noticed that the, the folks who are teenagers and uh, 20-something-year-olds, younger people than me, much harder on them. They, they, they need to socialize. They need to get you know, out there. So I, I understand that uh, people are getting more and more challenged, uh, and especially people who live alone. I mean, for me, I'm interacting with people all day long. I have much more work. I haven't had a day off since February. And I could take a day off, but gosh, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing and sharing, and I'm so excited. And by the way, I will say, I'm so glad we got the Course of Miracles text messages back up, ACIM text messages, texts.com. Uh, you can also find him at jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com. So glad we're doing those Sundays with Spirit services. I love doing those. I thought about doing those for years. For me, the virus became the impetus. We have to do it now. I've been really holding the vision for starting a prayer ministry uh, as part of the Power of Love ministry. And we, we're still anchoring it internally with the Masterful Living and Finding Freedom community. So we're not sharing it with the larger community yet, but we are preparing for that. And I'm telling you, we are rocking that prayer ministry. It is awesome. And um, it's just so fulfilling. People are having amazing uh, healing and experiences, and their lives are being transformed with the prayer that they're doing in the prayer ministry. We just totally rocked the three prayer power classes. I, I thought, oh, you know, for years I've been wishing to do a prayer practitioner training and now that the prayer ministry is taking off so well, I said, okay, I'm going to do it now. I am. So we just did the first module, module one. You can still join us if you like. You can always write to admin at jenniferhadley.com if you can't figure out how to do something. Because sometimes I'm so involved in just doing it and getting it accomplished, I um, don't properly announce and make it whatever and emails don't go through and I forget to share so um, I try to do better but um, I'm more interested in the creation than the the marketing so one last thing is I am going to do uh, finding freedom in the summer which uh, so actually mid-june right before the summer starts and uh, I am doing my Stop Playing Small retreat online the first two weekends in June. And uh, I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, I'm going to do a, a big discount for anybody who wants to do both. So if you really want to rock this time out and transform your life, do the Stop Playing Small retreat online and then and we are we are planning just a, an awesome experience for you and then follow that up with finding freedom so you'll have all these breakthroughs but you won't lose touch with them because you'll go right into finding freedom anybody who took finding freedom can always take it again at this you know at just a small small fee and um i'm going to do all the classes live again cuz i'm psyched I'm so psyched. Oh my gosh. For me, I'm just flowing with the spirit right now. Uh, I do think that, um, yeah, very 
powerful, powerful time of shifting consciousness all around the world. I do think and believe that everything works together for good. There are no exceptions to this. And that what is occurring for us now is that we needed to be shaken up. So some people are being shaken up. Some people are being stirred. (laughs) And some people are just being given this gift of staying at home and increasing their spiritual depth and practice. Uh, Some people like me are just exploding with creativity and passion. So we're all having our unique experience. And to me, it's all leading to our making way for the golden age of enlightenment. And I truly know that you and I, we are bringing forth this golden age of enlightenment. And that's why we feel it's so important to prioritize our spiritual practice right now. This is not a time to be pursuing information uh, and just seeking pleasures and things like that. This is the time for being guided by the Spirit and allowing Spirit to lead us to the depths of our spiritual practice. And what I absolutely know, based on my experience with thousands of people, is it brings so much joy. It's, it's inconceivable how transformative it is to really do these spiritual practices that work. It's so transformative. It just, yeah, doing the prayer series that I just did, I had times when I was thinking about or when I'm connecting with people who are going through difficult coronavirus experiences and really touching back to that fearful thinking and the painful thinking and remembering how I used to live and feel and be and how different my experience of life is now. It's extraordinary. So the belief in separation is this belief in lack. That's what it is. It truly is. So going back to chapter one here, section six, Paragraph 2, remember this is uh, the section entitled The Illusion of Needs. And Jesus says here, a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. This sense of separation would never have arisen if you had not distorted your perception of truth and had thus perceived yourself as lacking. The idea of order of needs arose because having made this fundamental error, separation, lack, you had already fragmented yourself into levels with different needs. So what are those levels? Well, we can think of physical, emotional, mental, etheric levels, right? Basically. As you integrate, you become one, and your needs become one accordingly. Unified needs lead to unified action because this produces a lack of conflict, right? So instead of a lack of love, let's have a lack of conflict. I love that. So here's here's what I get when he's saying here. As you integrate, you become one, and your needs become one accordingly. So what does the the need becoming one mean? It means that now the only need that we have is the need to know ourselves as God, the need to see our brothers and sisters as part of our identity, that we are one with them, that there is no separation. This need to know the truth becomes the overriding need. So what I've learned and share so consistently is that we can 
say to the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, intellectually, I get it. There's only one. Lack is just a belief in separation. There is no lack. There is no death. There is no separation. All I need to do is forgive everything, most especially myself, and accept the atonement for myself. I've got the workbook. I've got A Course of Miracles. I'm willing to change my mind about everything. I open my mind to you. I'm willing to to know what it says in the Course, what Jesus is telling me, that God's will and my will are the same because I am part of God. There is no separate will. So, thy will be done on earth, in my heart, in my mind, as it is in heaven where I truly reside. Make it so. I'm willing to be part of this movement to bring forth the golden age of enlightenment. I'm willing to bring the end of belief in separation, the belief in lack and limitation, end with me. Show me how, lead me, guide me, tell me. I'm listening, I'm available, I am willing. And to keep, every time there's a disturbance, to say, okay, I must be believing in lack attack, limitation, and separation, and I'm willing to let that go. Holy Spirit, help me now. I turn my mind over to you. And then, you know, here's the thing. You're going to notice the attachment to the belief in lack. You're going to notice the belief in limitation. You will notice it. You will notice the attachment. You'll notice you want to be upset. You want to be irritated and frustrated. You want to express this. Why? Because you made the beliefs. You made the judgments and opinions. You made the decisions. And so therefore you want to express the effects of those beliefs, those decisions, those opinions. It's all just a little brouhaha, um, and uh, it's, it's a witch's brew, we could say. It is, I think of it as a toxic stew. We could call it a toxic brew. And so, go from the brew to the ha-ha. This is what Holy Spirit is leading us to. Remember to laugh. To remember to laugh. Remember to laugh. Oh my gosh. especially spiritual students, they make things seem so real sometimes and they don't realize they're upsetting themselves. So, how do we do all of this? Well, Course in Miracles, Chapter 29, Section 7, Seek Not Outside Yourself. See, Jesus begins, Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail. And you will weep each time an idol fails. Don't we know it? Isn't that the truth? So when we're complaining about others in the world and what they're doing and not doing, from the government to the neighbor to whatever brother and sister, Seek not outside yourself. Seek not to change the world. Seek not to change your brothers and sisters. For it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not. You know what I'm getting here is to remember that we can have idols that we love and idols that we hate. Right? So many people in this world have experienced esteemed teachers, beloved figures that they idolize and then they find out that they're fake and it's devastating, right? So any time that we have a false idol of any kind, you know, and a false idol can be our belief about something, like our belief about whether to to do this thing or that thing, right? We can have 
negative false idols, saying that, oh, this protocol um, will um, lead to uh, suffering and misery. That can be a false idol, too. And then getting so upset when somebody decides to do it. Like, uh, what's that? There's a hydroxychloroquine or something. People getting so upset that people are trying it. People are getting so upset that people are not trying it, right? It's all about perspective. And so the thing is, is we'd like everybody to be safe and be happy. But sometimes, really, there's a darker thing underneath, and I did a whole, practically a whole episode recently, I can't remember what it was called, um, about the secret desire to attack, right? So we think that we're defending the truth, but no, it's actually a secret desire to attack. So he says here, heaven cannot be found where it is not. It can't be found in the world. And there can be no peace accepting it there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in God's place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the answer God's answer brings. Seek not outside yourself. For all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found, right? If you're insisting where where what you want will be found, stop. Turn it over to the Holy Spirit and say to the Holy Spirit, highest and best, please. Jesus tells us, you don't even know what will make you happy. Stop thinking that you do. This is what he's saying again here. Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. If you think your happiness is in that relationship, it's in that sexy body, if you think your happiness is in that job, in that uh, prosperity bank account, you're wrong. You're wrong. If the the belief is making you unhappy, worried, afraid, you have to be incorrect. Give it over to the Holy Spirit for healing. That's what it's for. The upset is to remind you to choose healing. Be grateful that you feel upset when you believe something that's false. This is the greatest gift in this world that we cannot entertain a false belief and feel peaceful. Thank God for that. Let us be grateful. What if it is not there? What if the thing you are thinking will make you happy is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. Very plain here. You will fail. But it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. So think of all the times you have sought outside yourself for the thing that you thought would make you happy and you failed. And be grateful that you did fail. And now forgive yourself for putting your time and energy into that. Because when you truly forgive yourself for those pursuits, then you can harvest all the learning from them and you don't have to repeat them. That's why forgiveness is required, so we don't keep repeating the same lessons. Because if we think that we're right about our self-judgments and attack thoughts for our failures to find happiness, then we can't actually move on. Because we haven't completed the lesson. He says here, No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore... 
by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. So, in other words, we're having this human experience because we think that heaven can be found in this world, that we can construct our own version of heaven, and that's what we're trying to do, to piece it together, rather than surrender and let the Holy Spirit provide it for us, right? I don't think of God as the Father. I think of God as the Father, Mother, God, infinite creator, unknowable, unnameable. But if we do think of God the Father, what is the what does the great Father always do? Provides. Provides. A great Father is a great provider. Providing love, providing compassion, providing kindness, providing a safe space to learn and grow. Let's allow Spirit to provide for us. That's what we can do. Yes, it's powerful, and this is what is our spiritual practice of eliminating the belief in lack, breaking the habit of lack, and recognizing our divinity is our abundance, and everything flows from that. Yes, and speaking of that, I would like to say thank you to all the people who make contributions and donations to the Power of Love ministry and that uh, support this nonprofit in all the things that we offer. Thank you, thank you for your sustaining monthly contributions. And you can go to livingacoursemiracles.com, jenniferhadley.com, powerofloveministry.net, any of those to make a donation. Also, I, I would like to say, if you're thinking about Stop Playing Small or Finding Freedom, book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. Get your questions asked. Right? Do that for yourself. It's a free call. They are so powerful, those exploratory calls. Let's take a breath and a prayer. Hand on our heart. We are grateful to partner up with that Holy Spirit and to allow ourselves to remember the truth. And so it is. Amen. Amen. 